In this series of the RecX podcast, we bring real-life stories from the technology and business community in Birmingham of both challenges and successes from the last couple of months during lockdown. The objective of this podcast is to get these stories and lessons shared throughout our community so it doesn't feel like a struggle and that other businesses and employees are going through similar experiences and times. Our key talking points touch on checking in on your employees' mindsets and well-being, how businesses have had to adapt, what scenario planning have businesses been planning on and what does the future hold as we look to phase out of lockdown. What is more obvious than anything right now is that collaboration and togetherness is far more important than trying to go it alone. If you have anything to say or would like to be involved in the podcast, then please drop me a line and get in touch via LinkedIn or Twitter. For now, we hope you enjoy the new series. On this episode of RecX Meets Businesses in Birmingham, I speak with Daniel Evans, the CEO of Birmingham Enterprise Community. Daniel really nails down as to how he had to react eight weeks ago when COVID hit and lockdown hit in terms of not only supporting his own business, but also the other businesses uh, that are on these different programs that they help support across the region, the country, and even now the world. Um, Daniel really dives deep into the way that they were being analytical, um, how they had to come up with a plan. Um, And this episode really does go into some really good ideas of ways of working and not only being reactive but also proactive we hope you enjoy so let's go um good morning guys uh welcome to another episode of recx um today i've got the pleasure of speaking with daniel evans from bec birmingham enterprise community um and i, I think from there Daniel, do you want to kick off and, and give us a bit of an intro as to your role and, and, and maybe what the Birmingham Enterprise community do? Yes, thank you very much. So, um, as has been said, I'm Daniel Evans, uh, Chief Executive of Birmingham Enterprise Community, which is an organisation that supports um, emerging entrepreneurs um, across the Midlands um, with you know starting new ventures helping them on that entrepreneurial journey so that we can kind of walk with them every step of the way um, and really be with them for every challenge they face from starting their idea through to scaling that business yep Uh, am i right in saying as well daniel that the business idea came fairly early on in in your career like what do you you want to talk about that how how the idea came about because it's quite 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 an interesting yeah it, it it kind of i say it happened accidentally i i think it was a kind of purposeful actions that led to that kind of snowballing effect of forming a business um whilst i was at university um i knew i wanted to start a business of my own um but wasn't really too sure on what i wanted to do um for okay first step i will get you know some like-minded people around me who also want to set up businesses so that I can bounce ideas off them, I can speak to them about um, how they're attempting to come up with an idea and then launch that business. Uh, at the time I was at Newman University, um, a great little university up near um, um, Owen. Um, the, the problem with, with Newman at the time was because it used to be a teacher training college, there wasn't a lot of people there wanting to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I set up this enterprise society and, you know, we were really struggling in terms of getting engagement from students there. 
so my, my natural reaction was to think, well, okay, there's, there's four other universities in the city. Surely there's going to be some, some, you know, uh, fellow students at those universities that want to do this. Um, started to connect with other people leading enterprise societies at those universities. Um, we kind of got together and thought, let's, let's run a joint event. Let's, um, you know, just get students from different universities in the same room collaborating together. Um, that snowballed into, okay, let's set up an independent organization that's going to bring these um, different students and entrepreneurs together. Um, fast forward from, um, that was kind of mid 2018 to 2019 and we did a, a big launch event where we, we were still unsure at that point even what it was going to be we knew what we wanted to do but not necessarily how we wanted to do it um, and it became quite clear to me at that point that actually this could be that thing that, that I'm looking to set up through through the process of, of um, creating this this community in this group I found that actually what I really enjoyed was helping other people to, to find the resources and access the resources they need to, to launch those businesses uh, between the people involved we'd, we'd built up quite a good network across Birmingham at LinkedIn with a lot of um, interesting people so it meant that we could help these young entrepreneurs to make those initial connections because we had already broken that bridge and, and, and uh, not broken that bridge, sorry, broken that barrier and uh, made those connections for them. Um, yeah. Through kind of 2019 that, that spiraled in setting up a social enterprise, a Birmingham Enterprise Community CIC, uh, setting up forward accelerator program um, and the rest is history, as I say. Yeah. And what I, I find quite fascinating about what you guys are doing is that there seems to be quite a lot of programs that are trying to, you know, get businesses off the ground or, you know, to help them accelerate. Where, where's your niche or, or do you have a niche? Like what, what separates you from some of these other programs that are, are in the city? So we, we don't necessarily have a niche. And I think that's what, does set us apart in a way. So, so as, as I've just said, in terms of how we started, the focus then was very much students and graduates um, because that's what we were and that's who we knew. You know, we, we knew this, the struggles of trying to start a business whilst at university, so that, that seemed a good audience to help. Um, as we got further down and we got inquiries of, from, for, for support from maybe other young people that hadn't been to university or people that, who had kind of you know, maybe been to a university, worked in a job for a number of years and thought, actually, no, this is not what I want to do. We, we kind of started to question ourselves and think, actually, there's no reason why we couldn't support these people. Um, so we're at that stage now where we are, we're sector agnostic. So any industry, uh, any sector, we're tech and non-tech. So obviously sometimes accelerators are normally just focused on tech-based businesses. Yeah where we're happy we've had some some awesome you know um retail product based businesses that have kind of come through us and, and have support from us uh young old students non-students whether you've been to university or whether you haven't you mm -hmm. know for us it's just about finding great great people with great ideas and helping them on those journeys brilliant brilliant and i think that's probably the, the best part of, of what you do is that you're, you're getting to speak different business Mm. businesses new ideas on a, on, a, on a regular what's been um I don't, I don't know if you're able to share this but what's been one of the the most interesting uh entrepreneurial ideas um and businesses you've had uh, approach you guys that you've been supporting recently that is very difficult we've just welcomed in our new um cohort for our for our accelerator program so our second cohort f2 um with 
it being virtual. So when we put out the applications, we, we were finding that we were getting some international interest in people who had seen what's going on in the UK, Birmingham in particular, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of smart cities, 5G stuff. Um, so we thought, okay, we think Birmingham in the Midlands is interesting. Um, how, how do we access that market? Had kind of seen online what we were doing and it, and it approached us. So we've actually, although I say we support entrepreneurs in the Midlands, actually we've started to support entrepreneurs in other countries as well who, who want to come to the Midlands to, to grow their businesses. Um, very interesting cohort coming up. We have everything from um, people who make uh, sustainable food out of unusual materials. So um, one of the big products is making uh, flour out of, out of crickets. Um, okay. We have um, a, a bike manufacturer who will be making uh, motor bikes out of um, kind of reused parts. So taking traditional normal motorbike frames and converting them into electric bikes. Mm. We have a business who develops uh, rockets to launch satellites. Yeah. So the, the breadth and depth of, of who and what we support is, is huge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, there's a, there's there's a good there's a good mix there. And um, how how many people have you got on a cohort? How many businesses do you normally allow? So we look for around for for the for the accelerator program. We look for around ten. So we find that that's a big enough number that we can offer some really tailored and individual support. Um, but but still kind of feels like there's a community there. You know, um, the last cohort we had thirteen people. This one we have eight. So, so approximately around those numbers. Um, obviously, then once once they've been through the program, they that it's a long term relationship. So they're here as as our alumni, and, and we carry on supporting them. Um, there's there's other programs that we're currently opening up, like our, our startup sprint that we had launched last month, um, which takes on kind of similar numbers. So at any one time, you know, we could be looking at kind of thirty to forty businesses that we're supporting. Well, okay, fine. And what does, are you, are you able to, to you, you know, while you're here, you might as well give them a bit of a snippet of what those programs look like. Um, how long does your program last or, or you know, what, 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 how, how does it all, how does it all work in, in you know, to keep it keep so simple? So we would had a rethink, um, especially with everything going on, but it was, it was overdue anyway, in terms of how we support. We, we had the accelerator program, and we really liked what we were doing there, but we found that we would have people who come in maybe at an earlier stage who we were saying, sorry, but this, this, this isn't a fit for you, or maybe people coming to us at a time when the accelerator program's not running. So we, we wanted to expand that out and see how we could support more people over, over a longer period. So what we essentially have now is a, is a, a series of um, free programs, two currently active and one that will be released in the summer. Um, yes. that supports people from from the original idea uh, through to scaling that business so we start with the startup sprint program which is a one month long program for people who maybe just have an idea or have recently started a business it takes them through all the fundamental steps of, of starting a business some mentorship obviously some some strong peer-to-peer -peer networks as well mm -hmm. um, so that's our, our startup sprint one month long program yeah they would then move through to a um, an incubator style program yet to be named um, which essentially takes them at that point where they're developing their product or service. They need to now look at how you test it, how you validate that idea, how you gain that initial traction. Um, that would be an, an open-ended program that we kind of take on um, at any point. 
uh, not a set length to the program as well. We would kind of review the businesses at regular intervals to see how they're progressing and um, if they need to stay in that incubator for a, a longer time. Um, I should just mention with the startup sprint actually that that is a, as I said, one month program, but will run every month. Um, and then finally, the, the forward accelerator program, um, which is then gradually shifting to a, to a later stage. So, so the, the businesses on the current cohort are later than the ones who were on the previous cohort. And then the next one, again, will slowly start shifting towards real scaling businesses, so focusing on scale-ups. Yeah. Um, then the, the, the one final thing I'll add is that alongside the Startup Sprint, we, we will be running special kind of editions of that program. So we have the main Startup Sprint program for everybody. Uh, and then we will have um, some separate places for um, groups usually underrepresented in entrepreneurship. So um, we were really proud to, to put out five female scholarships this month. Um, so those five female scholars got five funded places on the program. Um, and then we will, we will rotate that through a couple of other groups as we go forward. Well, well, I think what I've, what I've always liked about you guys and um, what you've done is whilst you've got clear visions, you're so open to new ideas. Uh, and actually, I think this is why I think I've, I've always been keen to collaborate with you guys because I'm a bit like that, like a bit of a mad scientist type thing. Yeah, yeah. Too, too many ideas and wanting to implement them all uh, yeah. when you need to obviously just focus on a, you know, a core plan. Um, but go on. Yeah, I was going to say that that's kind of, we, we took our time with, you know, when we officially launched at the start of 2019, um, we we had massive plans massive ambitions all these things we want to do but yeah. knew that actually we could we had to be sensible in how we built that out so that's yeah. why we really took our time with forward and now that we're we're um you know really happy with how forward's performing and and there's that kind of establishment there yeah we can go away and focus on these other elements as well yeah okay great well i'm, I'm sure that we'll, we'll we'll make sure we get your contact details out and, and your linkedin profile um at the end so people can can reach out to you on if they, for, for questions on that but um obviously we're here to talk about the last seven weeks where you're in a unique place daniel because you're obviously you're not just one business you're, you're speaking to many um a bit similar to myself but what what has been the last seven weeks um what, what what's it been like but perhaps the cohort and your network of, of of businesses um because it's, it's it's obviously been mad um but do you want to talk to us about what what these what these companies have been going through it's uh been crazy so um you know i think for a lot of businesses um even the ones who have uh, i guess you know kind of got on with things ridden the storm have, have you know adapted and shifted it's been a, a, a scary and, and really um uncertain time for, for every business mm -hmm. um, we've we've seen a really mixed response from from the businesses that we interact with um, obviously sometimes it depends on the the industry and sector that they're in yeah. uh, some are obviously hit harder than others um, the stage of business can can obviously um, vary as well if they're at that stage where they're still working on their idea on the kitchen table mm. it's something that they you know for them the change may not be as big as somebody who's, um, you know, just put, putting an investment round together or, you know, have um, kind of bought a lot of stock that they're now worrying how they're going to sell. So for us, we, I guess you could 
take it into a couple of different camps. One, you have those businesses who have just kind of um, shut themselves down. So really yeah. unsure, don't know what to do. Um, I think, although yes, there is support out there to actually work your way out in terms of what support am I eligible for? What does all this mean? Yeah. It's so difficult. You know, yeah. um, you get all these terms thrown at you and you, okay, criteria is here, criteria is there. So for those businesses, it's, it's just been too overwhelming. And for yeah. them, it's like, well, I'm just going to not do anything and um, see what happens when, when we get out of, of what we're currently going through. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it's then tried to be kind of how can we um, help to solve some of those issues for them. So if we get information through or, or we know people who are kind of in the know in terms of what support is out there and who is available for what, kind of getting them to have conversations with those people, uh, mm -hmm. helping them to adapt where they can. Because obviously for a lot of people, it's not necessarily that they can't do business. It may be that the way that they did business business before has to change. Um, as, as we have, you know, we, we're people that run programs where we get people physically together. So all of a sudden you can't do that. So you've got to shift and adapt and, and yeah. come up with something else. So working with them to, to, you know, look at alternative ideas on how they can do that. Um, we've had businesses who have kind of just gone on with it. So naturally, I think they've gone into it with the mindset that, okay, that's going on. We can't do anything about that. Um, but what can we do? And I think we ourselves kind of fell into that camp. We, we from early on decided, okay, let's concentrate on what we can do rather than what we can't do. Mm -hmm. uh, because if we just think okay we can't do physical events we can't meet people we can't have people in a co-working space um you know it kind of saps the energy out of you reminding yourself that you can't do these things yeah so, so it's taking that positive spin on it as much as you can mm -hmm. um seeking new opportunities as well so you know um we we ran a, a, a series called reframe of a kind of virtual events through through april where we, we found that we were engaging with some new faces. So people that had never kind of reached out to us before were kind of coming and engaging with these events. So it's, it's using opportunities where you can to obviously help people, support people still. Yeah. Um, the, the third, and, and I guess one of the most interesting, um, are the businesses who have decided, okay, let's have a look at what we do, the, maybe the, the technology that we have, and how can we use this during this current crisis? Is there a challenge that we can solve that yeah. people are currently facing, that the government are currently facing, that we can adapt the work that we do now to help? Um, that's been a really interesting one because it means that some people have looked at whether they have to kind of pivot away from what they're doing currently um, to help people now. Um, Obviously, there's been, you know, bits of, of funding from places like Innovate UK for people who have specific uh, solutions for problems. Mm -hmm. uh, the challenge has been how you balance that between the short term and long term. So if we pivot our business now and, and do something to help people now, if that's a problem that is maybe a temporary problem with us being in lockdown and, and that problem is going to be removed, mm -hmm. How does that then um, affect us going forward? Do we do we do we you know do something in the short term that sacrifices that that long term vision, 
or can we kind of you know the, i guess the best example is where they've tried to do something now that's actually going to accelerate their their kind of long-term vision so i know a lot of people that work within the the ed tech space have thought well this is our moment to shine you know schools colleges universities are not in the whole kind of geared up for for delivering completely virtual programs mm-hmm. if you've all of a sudden got a solution that can help them you know then why not yeah Absolutely. And what, what's been the, the take? I mean, on the, on the day that it got announced or, you know, there was a bit of a build up. There were some businesses, we didn't know anything about furlough, right? So there were some businesses, um, in fact, I didn't even know, I had to Google that word uh, between you and I, um, never heard of it. Um, but before we, that announcement got made and before lockdown got announced, there was a bit of a build up, wasn't there, over a few mm-hmm. days, which was a bit nasty. Um, and luckily businesses who hadn't made too many, you know, rash decisions, they could get them back in and put them on furlough. But what, what were you seeing and, and how were you guys setting up? Because in a way, those businesses, apart from having their own problems, they were sort of your problem, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. in a way. Yeah. So we, um, at the end of our, our program uh, of, of Forward, we run a demo day. So that's for, for the businesses on the program, uh, to, to showcase what they're doing for a lot of those businesses it can mean finding clients it can mean finding partners and for some really importantly it's about finding investors so that for them is something they've geared up for through the whole program it's their opportunity to to kick on to the next level and find that that next piece that's going to help them forward mm-hmm. um, that was supposed to happen on i think it was the 25th of march wow. um, we got to about two weeks before and it was at that point where um i mean my my phone kind of i had emails coming in every day like oh you know regret to inform you that this event that you're supposed to go to is cancelled or this is cancelled and then we would have um messages from from partners saying you know you don't know anywhere with a venue do that's still open because the place we had booked has said we can't have the event there um so there were kind of a lot of businesses and, and, and different things cancelling events and we had this big showcase piece that we were going to do at the end of the month and we thought okay do we wait until we're forced to to do something so so by the government um or do we take action ourselves um and for us we knew that the problem with if we had run that event anyway is the people that we wanted to be there to, for the startups may not have been there um so we were like, oh my God, you know, what, you know, the startups are asking us what, what's going to go on? Is it going to happen? We had then the next group of startups who were originally supposed to start on the 6th of April saying, what's happening? You know, is the program still going to be running? Um, so we kind of had these, these kind of big decisions to make about the, everything that we do really. Yeah. Um, and not a lot of time to, to make those decisions and come up with a, a plan because with like with the, the, the second program, you know, for us, it's saying, okay, well, what, what do we tell them? Are we knocking the program back? But if we have to knock it back, is it going to be virtual? At that point, we didn't know whether it was going to be a, a month lockdown, six months lockdown, you know, 12 month lockdown. Um, what do we do? Um, but for us, we knew that we needed to kind of be that, that, I guess, face of calm and um, really, I guess, lead by example in a way in terms of, having that approach to it that we felt was was right and, and letting our startups know that we're going through this as well, if that makes yeah. sense. 
yeah of course fine so yeah you you had to i suppose it's really difficult as well how do you stay calm when you don't even know yeah. what what contingency plans are even available or yeah that's what's made it scary isn't it we don't there's no set times we don't know what's going to happen everyone's just in limbo yeah and i think the way that we've kind of got our heads around that and dealt with it from a a planning and an, an operational perspective because yeah. obviously when you don't know how long this is going to last it makes planning just just impossible yeah. we we at that point back in, in in march when we had these two big decisions to make for okay let's not be reactive in terms of waiting for, for the government to issue advice let's take it into our own control so let's cancel that event and and say we will do that at a later date yeah. let's push the program back to give us some breathing space to figure out how we run that program um and then even now we've said okay we know that if we have to run this program for the six months fully virtual we can yeah. do that if we do if we only have to do it for four months we can do that but we don't necessarily have to be um follow the government in terms of you know if, if boris johnson said next week okay lockdown over you can do what you want we know we don't have to react to that straight away we don't have to kind of go back to being physical on that first day we yeah. can we can take our time and do it when it's right for us as a business yeah brilliant and i think that's actually probably the, i mean that, that was the best advice i mean you mm -hmm. could have given um you know before i think people have been so reactive yeah in the in this in the so seven weeks and actually we should have probably got a balance um of being proactive and and reactive um and i'm not saying that there was an answer for every business but there definitely was contingency plans yeah. that people could have put in place to strategize how they were gonna get yeah. out funnily enough so so um there's a a great guy that it, it, it came to our launch events he came when we announced forward and, and a few of our other events and i remember speaking to him online one day and he said oh I've got a really good resource for you guys um, that you might want to, you know, look at kind of providing with your startups. And this was like August last year. And it was all to do with contingency planning for emergencies, for, for national crises. And I thought, oh, okay, would be interesting to put in the program, but, but we did never got around to doing it. And kind of, you look back now and think that would have, that would have been quite useful, not mm. just for the businesses, but for us to look at as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it but it's all in you know we 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 don't predict events like this. Um, no, yeah. you don't. And you know the reality is, if you know when when this is all said and done, um, the reality is people will probably do the same thing because you, you don't envisage it and you don't want to. Um, no, no. no, I think that's to. that's the reality is you don't want to think. Okay, do we need a a plan for? if the country went into war or, um, you know, a natural disaster or terror acts of terrorism, you yeah. know, you don't want to have to think about those things. No. Um, what's, um, what's been the, the sort of biggest challenges or, or hurdles some of these businesses have, have, have sort of seen in terms of maybe mistakes that have been made or decisions that they've taken that they've, you know, regretted uh, taking. Have you, have you, have you heard much of, of, of these sort of, yeah. So I think for some people it is that they, it's not necessarily a, uh, well, I guess they, in their minds, they think about it as a mistake, but it's not really a mistake. So, yeah. so if they made say a decision as, as a couple of them have in maybe March to put out some money into maybe stock 
to invest into something kind of now or, or pay for something now, then all of a sudden it's become irrelevant. They can't shift the stock. The thing that they bought is, is, is not going to be useful for them for the next few months. Yeah. I guess that's one of the problems a lot of the businesses are, are, are seeing. Um, but again, it, it's that hindsight is it wasn't a mistake at the time. At the time, yeah. it was probably the right action to take. Um, for some, um, I guess the biggest challenge is knowing still how to engage customers. There's yeah. that, as, as all of us have at the start, that big problem on, okay, people are going through a lot of stuff right now. Uh, people are, you know, potentially out of work. Uh, people that are running business, so on the B2B front, people who are running businesses, there's some people who, um, there's a fantastic um, coffee shop, I don't know if you know, called Tilt in the middle of town. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, it's heartbreaking when they posted on social media saying, okay, today we closed our doors and we don't know if we'll ever open them again. Um, so I think for, for the, our businesses who would maybe sell to businesses like that, for them, it's like, okay, how, how do we approach this? How do we engage with these people? Because, you know, we don't want to be insensitive and go to them saying, Hey, we have this product you can buy, or you can buy this service from us. Um, you know, I think this was something that we, we spoke about before as well. It's like, you know, how do you then engage with those people? The way that we then ourselves did it because we knew that, okay, we are still supporting these businesses. We have some new businesses coming in. We can reach out to them and say, hey, we've got these webinars on. We've got the support for you. We can do this for you. But we know that actually their priorities may have changed in the kind of couple of weeks that we dealt with them. You know, um, obviously people have had a lot of, um, you know, kind of personal things to deal with, whether it's, whether it's, you know, work-wise, whether it's, you know, unfortunately family loss. So for them, you know, yes, two weeks ago, business and, and running their business may have been the priority and the big thing in their mind, but for some, then that becomes irrelevant. So they don't necessarily want us kind of getting in touch and saying, oh, we've got this like really great webinar on, come and we can help you and, and do that. So um, I guess for, for one, it was about us accepting that people's priorities have changed. So don't be offended when they all of a sudden don't want to engage and don't offer services. But two, how can you just let them know if you need a conversation, we're here. You know, we, it doesn't have to be about your business. It doesn't have to be about what, what we've got coming up. We're just here if we can be there and do something for you at the moment. Yeah. So is that that's been your sort of recommendation to to your to your business? Yeah, that's 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 how we've we've kind of said, yeah, and, and where they've said, you know, we we don't know how to approach this. It, it's about okay, that's that's the approach, um, or I guess frame what you have in a way that is um, yes, making use of the opportunity. So so for example, if you are helping people to develop skills, and you know, generally there's this. I guess notion that people have a lot of time on their hands yeah. not necessarily it's true for some groups of people so um my brother won't mind me saying but he uh he's kind of like on on furlough at the moment so times are kind of a bit more but obviously there's people who are working from home that don't have that time mm. but if you if you maybe have something that those people who are at home don't have a lot to do beyond their normal kind of you know home duties um how can you frame what you do in a way that um actually helps them and, and provides benefit to them without exploiting the circumstances they're in 
yeah i think i think that it's such a tough one isn't it because the amount of stuff you see on 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 social at the moment it's like you shouldn't sell um but you know push content out um or you know i've just i, I just why are people selling and and then at the end of the day we've got to all help each other if you yeah. if you're not helping or trying to market in a way and, and i know you've got to be a little bit more uh a sensitive shall we say about, about it um your business is not going to go anywhere and you know that that's 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 i suppose that's my point is that we need to be helping each other otherwise yeah. we're all just going to be in the same in the same shape. you know we we as 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 businesses yes have, have got got to manage those sensitivities but we like them are in a situation where if we don't sell our services and and you know get people to buy what we do mm. you know we're, we're going to be out of work and, and not have any any money to pay bills to pay food to pay rent yeah this is i think yeah this is a, a big a big thing um mm. and you know even, even i'll be honest with you even i've got a fear especially you know being a recruiter uh mm. where, where you know you're used to being told to uh to, to go away or <laughs> having the phone slammed down and you but whatever um is that you know i, I i've actually you know I'm, I'm actually having sleepless nights where i'm going yeah oh, we're okay we're stable we're, we're lucky but there is going to be a point where you know we, we've got to start regenerating and, and and getting your name out there and, and we're obviously in quite a, a closed market um so it's a real difficult one you know you've got a bit of fear not of of doing the work of, of picking the phone up or marketing or sending a message it's just an approach that makes you go okay i'm i'm, I'm here but every other recruiter is going to do the same thing it's, yeah. it's yeah. such a it's such a difficult thing so you, you i think empathizing with yes. everyone at the moment is so important um, yeah. which, which which is tough um in terms of your team and and, and you guys What's been the transition like? I know you've taken obviously a couple of your programs virtually. What, what's that been like? So, so interesting. Um, so the team for for um, the, the kind of most part usually is used to me and and and, and kind of Omran are always up at kind of Alpha Works and are always there working together. Our other two two partners then are um, kind of off in different locations. So we we. Um, I used to not seeing them as much, you know, but whereas me and Amran, you know, I think one of the, one of the, the issues for us is we would normally, when, when we both kind of got to the office in the morning, we'd go and, and just have a sit down and say, okay, what's the plan? What's going on today? You know, how's the week looking? Um, because we, we weren't doing that outside of the, the kind of normal meetings, we found that it was a challenge to make sure that we knew, what what everything that was happening so there'd be times that kind of bits of information that were missed um that normally would have been picked up in that quick kind of five minute catch up in the morning um so we just had to kind of think okay how do we best share information um, mm. we'd been trying to use slack for ages mm. and um discipline just just wasn't there in terms of we'd use it for a little bit and then we'd creep back to something like a whatsapp or, or facebook messenger um but this has actually kind of intensified us to have that discipline and have one space that we share all this information and we know that the documents are there, we know that everything's there. So it's helped us with our, our discipline in terms of, you know, operationally. Um, there's 
elements of the program that we were already shifting to something that has been able to do virtually. So let me explain that actually. So usually the kind of course content, the, the materials from sessions, different resources, we would have, we would kind of send them to startups either through email or have links for them. We knew that we wanted somewhere where we could put them all in one place. Um, so, so we, we've just kind of adapted onto using this, I guess, a virtual learning env environment for this second cohort that was going to happen anyway. So we started the conversation looking for that back in kind of January. That's actually been really beneficial in that we now have that because it makes the virtual delivery of the program so easy because everything's just all in kind of one place. Yeah. Um, so we've just tightened up on systems a little bit more to make sure that we can, we can do that. We, we were already taking on a couple of interns who were, um, you know, current university students who will be with us over the summer. Yeah. Um, so they've had to really hit the ground running at a difficult time. So whereas before we may have been able to um, kind of uh, take it easy with them and, and let them get used to what's going on, yeah. you know, they've, they've, they've entered in a, a time of crisis really for, for a lot of people. So, um, you know, they've been awesome in, in really quickly learning what's going on. Fortunately, yeah. Omran has some experience in managing um, remote teams. So, so he's been great in terms of being able to communicate with them, to work closely with them and, and, and enable them to effectively work as a team. Mm. That's, that's really, really interesting. I suppose instead of you having employees, I suppose your businesses, your cohorts are technically your, your employees, right? Um, yeah, they, they, it is that similar relationship, I guess, in terms of, you know, the communications normally there. Usually, as, as I said, like with Omran, we're usually in, in AlphaWorks together. So we'd yep. walk in in the morning and, and startups would be there. We can have conversations with them. We can have coffee with them. Um, all of a sudden when that's not there, it's like, okay, how do we make sure we, we still keep that channel of communication open? We're effectively helping them. Um, obviously, as I said, we, we're, we're using that platform. We're, we're making use of Zoom calls. We drop them messages. Um, I think it's good and it, and it works, but it will never replace that physical interaction where we have them in the same space, they're bouncing off each other, they're uh, sharing ideas and, and really working together. Yeah, no, it, it never will. It, it never will. Um, it's, it's not the same, is it? I mean, I think we, we, all, we all have a balance, I believe. Um, I think we're going to be forced into anyway. But um, how have you been keeping people engaged? Because I imagine a lot of the, the mm. businesses you've got on your uh, programme, um, tell me if I'm wrong here, they're going to be quite small units. They're going to be, you know, they're not going to be like... 10 people businesses no, no. so um they mix from i guess quite a few that are just you know um solo founders um on the bigger end we have teams of maybe about three or four um so we have all the all the forward um cohort the past one and the current one are all in this in this slack group um okay. as well as our mentors as well and, and what we try to do is is use that a lot in terms of engagement so this new cohort that we're that we've just started their first activity was to post a video on that slack channel introducing themselves so telling us about them telling us about their business mm -hmm. the great thing about having that then there with everyone else is the past cohort were able to comment and say oh you know fantastic great to meet you guys the mentors were able to kind of comment and participate so it just keeps that kind of community vibe there it keeps that interaction up until we can kind of get them physically in the same space together. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I suppose they know that they can ever, if they ever need to get something from you or ask you anything, 
Yeah, they drop the message on on the Slack and and we're there. Um, yeah, and and I guess also with so our mentors, we've we've got kind of mentors across the world. So it means that what it doesn't matter what time they message, there's yeah. probably somebody awake. You know, our furthest mentors in Australia. So when we're asleep, he's awake. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and and send a message on there, we we'll probably get a response from him. No, that's really good. Yeah, there's, they, I suppose that's really refreshing as well for them because they know that they might get a quicker response. You know, yeah. we've, we've all been there with a bus, with a new business when you, you get, you're having a sleepless night, you can't get something out of your mind. So it's, uh, yeah, re really useful. What's the um, what's the future hold for, you, for, for, for you guys in terms of that transition? And, and, and this is quite a bold question and, um, and, and obviously a difficult one to answer, but what do you think the future holds for businesses um, post lockdown? Um, I say post lockdown because so they talk, talk, I don't like using the words COVID-19. It's, it's getting a bit boring. Um, I but. guess. Yeah. So, so for, if I take the first one first, so um, in a way, I think we come out of this in terms of Birmingham enterprise community as a stronger business. Yeah. Um, mainly because we we've kind of taken some time to it, the first couple of weeks of of what was going on we really used to take stock and think about okay where are we at what do we need to change what do we need to do better um which is not something you know we we were literally going from we'd have that demo day as i said at the end of march 6th of april the next program would start there wasn't going to be any breathing space in between whereas this gave us a chance to to really reflect on what we've done so far so that's that kind of gave us a lot of action points in terms of strengthening of what we do as yeah. i said then the fact that we've had to to enable us to, to work virtually um strengthen some of our, our systems up some of our processes up that's also when we go back to to working together physically you're yeah. going to kind of have benefit there as well um so i think we we come out of this you know hopefully stronger um plans really to to keep growing and, and doing what we do as i said this new new incubator program coming in in the summer um we'd we'd mentioned earlier in the year that we were looking to raise an investment fund that would help us to put investments into those kind of scaling startups that we have in forward uh that's still very much on the cards albeit slightly delayed with what's going on mm -hmm. um so yeah, just just really increasing that that support that we offer. Um, as I said, this this program as well, we had some international uh, interest from startups. So we have you know startup from Italy, startup from states, Venezuela, Costa Rica. Um, so increasing that and really making sure that we're signposting on on a global platform to the Midlands and saying, come set up these businesses here, scale these businesses here, working with you know quite a few partners. And other organizations in the city to do that um as for what i guess business and, and especially startups looks like kind of post post lockdown that's very difficult um i think a lot of a lot of industries that haven't changed in a long time have obviously had to change and get, get shaken up there's going to be a lot of questions i guess in in re retail in hospitalities about how they move forward from this um we i think although there is that that kind of fear that everything will go back to normal in terms of contingencies and not having contingency plans i think it's something that we do need to look at having um 
what well, I'm just trying to think what else really it's it's so unknown isn't it you know we, we talk with um obviously co-working spaces who are hoping that um there's going to be an up, more of an uptake in terms of flexible spaces so yep. usually people would have a an, an office space and I I've got a, a friend that works for a, a large corporate who said you know for for, for couple of years they've been told you can't work from home under no circumstances could we ever have anybody work from home and all of a sudden they've all had to work from home so that that's out the window um businesses who are quite um i guess old-fashioned you know there's there's some industries where things are still done on paper there's things still done you know very manually i think they will kind of have a shake up and think how they can change um, yeah yeah, and and I guess we we really don't know the true answers. I think we'll find out in the next, I guess, uh, twelve twelve to eighteen months, really, yeah. what will happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think until until there's a vaccine, I just I don't see how how there's any. No, and and I think it will it will be a you know, a gradual return in terms of you know, maybe some people about I know um, some people in the theatre world have said that theatres may not return to normal till some point next year um so so a lot of challenges still for for many businesses even when the lockdown itself is 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 over yeah agreed agreed i know you're quite an influence um in the community across the the birmingham region and um you know a lot of people are, are, are you know see you as a really respectable person in terms of what you're doing and, and it's great what would your message be now um, in terms of you know what you've learned over the last seven weeks to businesses now, not, not second guessing anything. What would your message yeah. be? I would say focus, as I, as I mentioned earlier on, focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do. Um, put put as much into your control as you can. So don't wait for the government to say we have to do this or have to do that. Think about what what you can do right now. Um, and I guess the second thing, just be be understanding with people, is. Yeah. Um, we, we don't know what they're going through don't be offended if they don't want your service but still you've got you've got to be there and, and you've got to make that business tick over yeah on point on point daniel um so look if people want to get hold of you i will tag you in to a to a post um but if people want to reach out you know, pick your brains confidentially or, or not or just you know just get to have someone to just have a, a quick chat with how, how can people reach out to you yeah, so get in touch either through LinkedIn. Um, you can uh, email me at daniel at birminghamenterprisecommunity.co.uk as well. Um, we're always here. We're always, you know, ready to listen. So just get in touch. Perfect. Daniel, thank you so much. Um, I'll leave you to enjoy your bank holiday. And thank you for taking the time to, to obviously speak to us at RecX uh, to, to, today. Thank you.